welcome to The Hive Podcast, a show that helps inspire you to pursue your passions and ambitions. My name is Jared Spink and I'm your host. I'm a photographer, videographer, and entrepreneur. Join me as I sit down with other entrepreneurs and creators to learn more about their process, how they've built communities around their brands, and the experiences they've had along the way. I hope that these conversations inspire you to pursue your goals. You're listening to The Hive Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to The Hive Podcast. As always, thank you for listening or watching each and every week. I do appreciate it. Well, this week I have a fantastic guest, a local San Diego creator, so I'm always excited to link up with local creators in my hometown. So let's just welcome her to the show. Let's welcome Liz from Liz Loves Tech. Liz, what's up? Hi, Jared. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm so excited to be a local San Diegan. And unfortunately, it's not so sunny today, but that's okay. It's usually sunny on all the other days. I'm super excited to have you on. Um, Like I said, I love like connecting with local uh, creators. Um, Me and you connected through Instagram. I think you saw you saw uh, someone I had on the show post um, Mm -hmm. that they were on, and then you kind of like dived into the podcast and reached out, and you're like, "Hey, I'm from San Diego too. Like, I love your show. I have a podcast too." So. A lot of like similarities. <laughs> We're going to dive into it. But for uh, yeah. those that don't know you or aren't familiar with what you do, you want to give the listeners or the viewers a, a little bit of a rundown of who Liz is. Yeah, of course. So again, my name's Liz. I am a content creator over on Instagram and on YouTube, doing a little dabbling in TikTok, but nothing too crazy. Um, yeah, I started my journey about a year ago and I just picked up my phone, wanted to start taking photos of my iPhone because I've always been obsessed with how beautiful the iPhones are. And I stumbled upon the tech community. And um, when I started working from home, I felt like I needed a really good desk setup. And so I found also the desk setup community. And here I am today, like, just hit 10,000 followers, which is so exciting. And I've met so many absolutely amazing people. And I'm just excited to continue to growing and to continue creating. That's awesome. 10,000. Congratulations. That's over on Instagram, right? Yes, on Instagram. Yeah, I yeah. wish it was YouTube. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I know. YouTube growth as of late seems like molasses. Like it's just slow a lot. Like you'll have weeks that are super good and you get a lot of like new subscribers and then you'll have weeks where it's just like crickets, <laughs> like not, not a lot going yeah. on lately. I know it's been tough. It's been a really, really slow growth for me. I'm barely at like barely about to hit 800 subscribers. And I'm just like, I feel like a little snail, but at least I haven't stopped growing, which is good. Like I get one or two maybe a day. So it's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I, I remember a video from a, I, a long time ago. It was a Casey Neistat video. And he said like when he was at, I don't know, the millions at some point in the millions of subscribers. Right. And he was saying that wasn't nearly as hard as his like first hundred thousand. And that first hundred thousand wasn't nearly as hard as that first thousand. That first thousand wasn't as hard as that first hundred. So it's a snowball effect. And I think we're a little bit more like self-conscious about it because we probably check our numbers more, more than is healthy, (laughs) but hang in there. Your content's great. I was watching some of it. Um, yeah. And I, I love what you're doing. So you also have a podcast, right? You recently started a podcast. Me and you were talking about the Roadcaster because you're using one right now. You're using the pod mic. That's what I started the show with. Yes. Um, tell me about your podcast. <laughs> yeah. So I started my podcast um, a couple, really just a couple months ago. And my intention was I 
first of all, I just came up with a silly name, Liz Talks Tech, just because it kind of flows with my brand, Liz Loves Tech. Um, and my intention was to sort of create a podcast that is geared toward other creators, but also not limited to just creation uh, with content creation. So right now it's sort of all my episodes are about content creation, which is fine. Um, and when I started my journey as a content creator, I felt like I had so many different questions about, you know, like not, not just like your gear, but also, you know, how to charge brands for collaborations or, you know, and, and all that crazy fun stuff that people don't really like to talk about. So I wanted to be able to create a sort of guide for new creators since I'm a fairly new creator myself. Um, so that's just sort of what my first few episodes have been about. That's awesome. And then hoping to grow and do a little bit more. I, I want to talk a little bit more about tech and travel and just a bunch of different things so that it's not too niched down. But I also understand that sometimes you have to niche down and if you want the the sound or the the listeners, you know? Yeah. It's such a fine balance because you got to find that balance of like niching down to a topic so you can grow your audience because I mean, at the end of the day, like we enjoy it, but that's how we judge, judge success is by the numbers and how, how things perform. There's the balance between that and also just like creating for yourself and not getting burned out, feeling like you have to create for others. And that's such a, such a tough balance and like fine line to walk as a creator. Um, so it's cool that you have the podcast as like an outlet where you can kind of do a little bit of both. You can like create for yeah. the listeners, but also like, I just want to talk about what I want to talk about, you know, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, totally. And I also really wanted to connect with other creators, um, which, you know, because I met so many people through the tech community, the desk setup community, you know, you really only talk to them on DM or Twitter or whatever. Yeah. You don't ever really get to talk face to face with them or even hear their voice unless they're posting videos of them talking. So um, my goal is to just reach out and talk to more people. Um, to be honest, I haven't really scheduled too many. I've just been so, so busy with like my day job and it's hard. It's hard to find time and, you know, but it's okay. I'm, yeah. I'm not, I, this, it's sort of just a side project for me. I'm, I want to grow it, but also I don't want to put too much pressure on myself to where it's not fun anymore. Yeah. Like I said, it's a fine line, not putting pressure on yourself, but that that's a great idea. I mean, I, it's kind of what I did. Like I love reaching out and being able to talk with fellow creators and not just like messaging through Twitter or Instagram. It's like, I've gotten to know a ton of amazing creators and, um, had conversations with like people that, I mean, you would pay to go to a conference and just hear speak for a little bit, like, you know, Pat Flynn and Sean Cannell, like to actually have them one-on-one -on -one on the show has been just fantastic. It, it just opens up so many doors. So uh, keep doing it. It's yeah. fantastic. Um, how you. did you get into content creation? Let's kind of rewind to the beginning. Um, what what got you into tech and what got you into creating content? Like, do you have a, a, a history in photography or video making or did you have to kind of learn everything as you dived into content creation? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. So I have always loved tech. I've always... Um, like I spent so much time growing up and I would go to Best Buy and always want the new latest and greatest phone or, you know, the new gaming system and all that fun stuff. Um, so funny enough, like on my personal Instagram, I on every iPhone launch day, I would post a photo of my iPhone just because I was such a nerd and I loved like showing off my iPhone. Um, so that's sort of where it started. I started taking photos of my iPhone and then 
you know, after the pandemic, I felt like I kept seeing on my regular Instagram page, like too much tech. And I wasn't seeing enough of my actual, like my, my real life friends and family. And so I decided to just create a separate Instagram account. And that's where I landed into the tech community. I just thought it would be funny to do Liz Loves Tech. And I did not think that it would take me this far. Um, and sometimes I think oh, I should have branded myself with my actual name, but I think it's catchy and it's fun. It sort of sh shows my personality. So, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I like the name. I like the name a lot. Okay. And I actually like it better than like using your actual name. Like, I think it's just more catchy. Mm -hmm. And like, you think of that, yeah. and you know what it is and what it's about. Um, yeah, I, I kind of like that. And like, I kind of wish I would have done something a little different, but like now it's been, it's been too long. Like I, I don't feel like changing right now, <laughs> but I, I that love would the be name. Like I think it's a great. whole process. Right. Yeah, oh, thank everything. you. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So that's pretty much how I started. I just wanted to separate my real life Instagram from my like passions of tech. And then I just picked up my old Sony camera and started taking photos. And that was pretty much it. That's awesome. Was there... A, like, can you recall a particular or a specific uh, photo that kind of like gave you that snowball effect, like that got a lot of traction and was like, hey, I'm going to start posting more of this and see, see what happens. That's a good question. I don't really think there's a specific photo. I think, be, well, my first photo is just a photo of my iPhone 12 Pro um, in front of a Christmas tree. And that's the photo I think that, you know, I use certain hashtags mm -hmm. and I think that's what got the attention of some other people in the tech community. And so once I posted that, people started following me and liking my my stuff. And then I thought, why not just continue on? So looking back at your growth on Instagram, uh, Instagram seems to change all the time. Um, what what tips do you have for someone that wants to start an Instagram account that focuses, let's say, on, on tech and wants to, you know, mm -hmm. grow grow an account based on that? What are some of the, the key steps that you did to help your account get to where it's at now? I love that question. And specifically because I want my next podcast episode, like okay. I've been taking notes about how I want, I want to address that issue. So it's perfect that I'm going to talk about it here today. Um, for me, what I think was the most helpful was one um, staying consistent. And that doesn't necessarily mean like having to post a photo every single day. But for me, I did post every day for several months or at least almost every day. And that helped, I think, get my content out there. Um, and also, so staying consistent and engaging with other people. So when I say engaging, I don't mean just, you know, commenting on somebody's posts with a fire emoji. You know, that's not engaging. Anybody can do that. The bots can do that, right? What I mean is like engage, DM people. If like you're interested in their content, compliment them or like really go full force and try to get to know the other creators and, you know, make comments that are actually genuine and show that you do care. Because for me, like that, that's what I did. And I think that's what sort of set me apart and how people started to get to know me. I remember at one point, Matt and Vision, he was like, Liz, I'm seeing you everywhere. And I was like, I just am trying to get to know people and trying to actually be genuine with my comments. And to be honest, it, it was really, really time consuming. And so for people who don't have that much time, like I would say just set, you know, 20, 30 minutes to really just try to, you know, enjoy people's content, but also engage in 
in a genuine way. Yeah. I think that's such great so, advice. Yeah. I mean, it is time consuming. Uh, it's not like it used to be like three, four years ago where you could just nail the right hashtags and all of a sudden your stuff's going to be everywhere and you're going to get like lots of followers. Um, you can still grow an account um, like you have and it's going to be a good size, but it is, it does take a lot more work. Um, it's a little bit slower of a process now, but the advantage of that, and I think a lot of people get sidetracked by like the numbers, right? They want a huge account, mm -hmm. but don't right. focus on the numbers, focus on the community you're building on that account. Like it might not grow right. as fast now, but the community is going to be much more engaged and it's going to be real people and not just bots and people that randomly follow you because they like one photo. It's an actual community and you can build that into a business now. And it's not yep. as superficial as it used used to be. It's a lot more work. Mm -hmm. um, right. You want people to follow you because they like you and they want to know what you like right. and how that can, you know, maybe help them or, you know, th that kind of thing. And the engagement is so important because I think with the Instagram algorithm, if let's say, you know, I'm engaging with you on, on Instagram, well, now Instagram might push your content to some of my followers because it's like, hey, Jared's really engaged with this account. Maybe some of his followers that connect with him will like it too. And so it's a snowball effect. Mm -hmm. It does take a lot of work, but that engagement is super important now because it just builds that community. And that's super important to Instagram because they want to keep you on the platform for uh, a lot longer than 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also just like diving into Instagram reels. I know people... There's divided opinions about it, but sometimes you just have to ride the wave and you have to yep. know, like, you just have to adapt, I think. So yeah. I, you know, I finally perfected my photography skills and then all of a sudden Instagram Reels is where it's at. And so now I'm learning how to do more videography and creating short form videos and things like that. So Reels is also like a really, really great way to grow as well. That's what pushed me over the 10K mark. Yeah, it gets you in front of a lot of people. Actually, I didn't prep you for this, but I was looking through your YouTube channel and your Instagram, and I wanted to talk to you actually about short form content and get your input on it because it looks like, at least on your YouTube, I feel like I see more uh, shorts than I did like longer form videos, or maybe it's it's pretty even. Like there was a lot of shorts. Um, mm -hmm. How do you feel about short form content? content? I'm in the opinion of I hate it. Like I absolutely hate, like I hate it, um, especially on YouTube, yeah. right? Because I'm already okay. getting that on Instagram and I don't want to see right. recycled content. And I think a lot of people to get started, that's what they're doing. Like, I don't want to see the same thing I just saw on Instagram or on Twitter on YouTube. Now it's getting redundant and it's just not, not as engaging. Um, also short form content. I think a lot of people are putting too much effort into it. I, like Peter McKinnon makes fantastic short form content because he's just a great video creator and he's got a huge team. So in the grand scheme of things for him, it's not a lot of work, but for a solo creator to really mm -hmm. up that short form content, you got to put so much work into something that's going to get viewed for 15 seconds, 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, isn't really beneficial. It's just engaging and no one's really going to go back mm -hmm. to that. Whereas you put more effort into longer form content, people actually go back to that content because they're learning something. So I don't know. That's kind of my take. I would love to hear what you think of short form content. Um, so that I totally, I totally understand your perspective. And I can, when I'm looking through my YouTube feed, 
there are a lot of shorts and it's because I am, I'm super guilty of it. I'm reusing some of the stuff that I'm on Instagram and putting it on YouTube. And I think that's because for me, my followers on YouTube are different from um, Instagram. So if I can, you know, repurpose the material, then get some additional views and yeah, and get my channel out there to different people, then that's helpful for me, especially because YouTube is also trying to be TikTok. They're trying to have that short form content. Um, So I think really you mentioned, you know, short form content is not necessarily helpful for some people. But if you think about it, there can be short form content that is super helpful. I mean, you can do like quick tips on certain things and it really just depends on, you know, what type of content you're creating. I'll be honest, the short form content that I'm creating is not something that people are going to go and look back on because they think it's super helpful. It's the stuff that I'm creating is to be engaging, to get somebody's attention and then to maybe make someone feel like, oh, I want this on my desk. Right. So you know, I think it just depends. Like if you're able to create short form content that is going to be helpful, that's where the, that's really where the money is. Um, because then you are engaging people. You're going to get people to watch your more stuff from your channel. And then, you know, the algorithm is going to like you. Yeah. It's just a, that's sort of my take, but I, I understand where you're coming it's from. It's the early days of short form content for Instagram and especially YouTube, right? TikTok basically has it down and it's, um, yeah, they have it down and everybody's just trying to compete with them. So, um, it'll be interesting if it, if it to see if it's a fad or if it's something that's going to continue to, to grow and, and be like the wave of content, you know, for, for a long period of time. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. What was that? I feel like it's more, sorry, just real quick. Yeah. I feel like short form content is more like for marketing purposes and like advertising rather than, you know, the like tutorials and long form content because YouTube can provide something totally different. Like I will Google anything that I need to learn how to do. I type it into YouTube, like how to do this. Like I just got, I know we're going to talk about this maybe later, but I just got a Tesla and I'm like, how to do this. So, you know, that's YouTube will forever be that type of platform to help with, um, like the how-tos and learning how to do things. Yeah. I mean, it's the second largest search engine, right? Other than Google. Yeah. And it just happens to be yeah. owned by Google too. So it like harnesses the power of Google. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so true. I forgot. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see if it's a fad or, or if it's not. We'll see if it's like Clubhouse and just fades away like quiet quietly and just disappears. <laughs> Clubhouse had a very short run. That was very short. TikTok oh. has been around for for like two years, two years now, like because of the pandemic, like nobody was doing, people were doing things, but people were in lockdown. And so that's why they were just consuming content on TikTok. And I can't imagine what it was like to grow during that time. Yeah, uh, it was pro- initially, it was probably really fast. I mean, just insanely mm-hmm. fast. Um, and now that they're like, I mean, I start. I started seeing reports that like they're kind of boosting some of those numbers. Like, are they really that high? Are they? I'm curious oh. to see the back end of, of TikTok. And there's been a. I've seen a little bit of drama about that where they're kind of inflating numbers um, to get people to stay on the platform and create on the platform. So um, I wonder if anyone's going to dig into that more. I'd be. I'd be interested because the numbers you get on TikTok are just nowhere com- close to Instagram or YouTube for the same exact style of content and mm-hmm. there's more people on YouTube. It's just like, so you should be able to see higher numbers on YouTube just for the fact that the platform has 
more people, but you're not. So interesting. We'll see. Maybe because it's maybe because it's so the content is usually so short that there people are able to consume it quicker. Yeah. And so that's why the numbers are higher. But I I totally believe you that like TikTok is yeah boosting the numbers. And then when do you count of you? Like, is it just because it's it showed a split second and the person swiped up? Does that count as a view or like, do they have to stay on for at least a couple seconds for it to count on a view? How is YouTube counting views? I think YouTube has a long way to go with the way um, shorts are presented to the user too. Like if you're watching on, like if I'm watching on my Apple TV, it just looks horrible, right? It's just a, a square yeah. thing on, on my TV. Um, I wish they would only show it on the mobile version. Like I don't like seeing it on desktop. I don't like seeing it on the TV. It just looks weird and it like gets in the way of I agree. stuff I want to watch. <laughs> yeah, um, I agree. And then you see like the black bars on yeah. the side and you're, yeah, no, I totally agree with they're, that. They're still figuring it out. I love what some creators have done though. The, the bigger channels, um, creating separate accounts for shorts. Like, uh, Marquez did the same thing. He, he, re, you know, made an account separate for shorts. If you want that kind of content, there it is. Go subscribe for it. But like, if you're used to being on my channel, just for the longer form content, that's all you're going to see. And it's not going to flood your feed with shorts because there are people like me that just don't like it. Right. And so I don't subscribe yeah. to the shorts channel cause I don't want it, but yeah, that's fair. Yeah. We'll see. So you brought up, uh, you just got a Tesla. Um, like we're just going to make a hard turn on topics and we're going to go hard into turn. Tesla, yeah. uh, because <laughs> I love Tesla. And I think anybody that is a tech nerd or has a passion for tech is going to be a fan of electric cars and where EVs are going. I mean, the Super Bowl was awesome. Like almost every car commercial was an EV commercial and not even for like, Hey, we're going to start making EVs. They were for specific EVs that that manufacturer is already making. So I love the future of EVs. I think they're great. Um, I still think no one comes close to, to Tesla and that there's a reason for that. We'll get into that. Let me talk to you uh -huh. about your Tesla. What made you want to get a Tesla? Okay. So full disclosure, the Tesla is, it's an older model. It's a 2018 and it's my parents' old car. So my parents got the Tesla back in 2018 and I was obsessed. Like I absolutely loved it. I was so jealous because of course, like who doesn't want a giant screen on their, <laughs> their car? It's just so clean, um, so minimal. I love it. Yeah. So, you know, I, when I first saw their car, I absolutely loved it. And I kind of would joke around with them and I was like, okay, when you guys upgrade, you know, you, you guys can give me that one or like, you know, I'll trade in my car. I had previously driven like a BMW. I was like, oh, we could trade it in. Um, and so I planted the seed a very long time ago, but they just recently uh, upgraded to the Model Y. And so when they got the Model Y, I was able to swap out my BMW for their Model 3. And I was just like obsessed with it. It's, it's awesome. I, I just got it like two weeks ago and the driving on it is so smooth. Mm -hmm. Like it's awesome. But I will say, and, and a lot of people would bash on Tesla because of this, but it's not like a luxury vehicle. It's, it's not like, it's not, I don't want to say it's not well-made, but it's definitely, there are like some cheap parts on yeah. it. It's come a long way. You know, it, it's come a long way since the 2018s. Has. Yeah. Okay, well, that's good. I still have the 2018 model, which is fine. Like, I love it. And it does the job. But it's it's nice. I It's very minimal, which is nice. And the best thing I think about Tesla is the fact that there are superchargers, like, everywhere. 
That's what I that's, was going to say. That's really, I think, mm-hmm, that's what they have the one up on every other um, like EV car is, yeah, you can go and charge at a, a random like charge point or something for another vehicle, but it's going to take forever for it to charge. Whereas supercharging, you know, you can get a full charge in, you know, an hour and a half or probably even less now. I don't really yeah. know. I just got it. So I'm still learning. Yeah. That when I was looking at getting um, another vehicle, because for a long time, me and my wife were just sharing one car because she doesn't work far from the house. I would take her to work in the morning, pick her up in the afternoon, and then I would have a car for the day to go do photo shoots. Um, but mm-hmm. I was driving so much and then that car got paid off. So I was like, okay, we can we can get another car now. Mm-hmm. I was, I mean, I was spending six, eight hundred dollars a month in gas. I was driving all over the place, right? Wow. So um, mm-hmm. even getting a Tesla with a higher car payment is still cheaper, mm-hmm. you know, than having a car paid off and just spending gas money on it. Like it's just wow, it's just cheaper. Um, yeah. And so when I was looking at EVs, there's I had to go with a Tesla just because of the charging network. I mean, I liked the the Ford, uh, the Mach-E. It was a cool car. They were easier to get than a Tesla, and you didn't have to wait as long. Um, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, the dealer, the Ford dealerships had some, like, by my house. And I I was considering yeah. it, but it was just, again, the charging network. Like, where where do you charge? Um, the, the charging network that every other manufacturer runs off of isn't owned by the manufacturer. So they don't necessarily communicate and play well. You can show up to a a charging station and they could all be being used or they could all be out of order. You don't know, yep. at least with Tesla, you know, you know exactly where it's at. It'll navigate you to it. Like if you need to stop before your destination, it just so smooth and it just works. Um, yep. I'm a little bummed that they're going to, they're thinking about opening it up to like other manufacturers now to use it. Um, oh really? Yeah. So in Norway, they're like Norway's that. the test market, right? They, okay. they opened it up at a few places. Now I think everywhere in Norway, like other EVs can use the Tesla network, charging network now. So we'll see if they roll that out to the States. That'd be a bummer. I actually don't use supercharging that often though. Like I have a charger here. You probably house. can charge at home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I live in an apartment complex and we have a couple charge points um, in our like structure but since I just got it, I haven't really used the charge point. I've just been going to the supercharger. Yeah. But I know I shouldn't charge it too much on the supercharger because it's not good for the battery. Right. That's not good for the battery. Whatever. I mean, they're still going to work pretty well after, for a long time. That's, that's what I love about EVs yeah. is they're going to last for at least 10 years, you know, and that's a lot longer than, than you know, an ICE car. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't use the supercharger. Tesla like, definitely. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I I needed the the supercharger network for those times where you're in a pinch and like you need a charge Mm -hmm. and it was just more reliable. I charge at home as often as I can, but to be able to have so many, especially here in California, there's so many superchargers everywhere um, and they're Mm -hmm. all super fast. And so they're available if you find yourself in a pinch and you need a charge, they're great. And like for a small car, I have the three. I think you have the three, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It fits a ton of stuff. That trunk is huge. And then you fold down the seat. When we were looking at the Y or the three because of having to bring camera gear, um, I at first wanted the Y. And then when I saw how much room you could fit in the three, like, I'll take the three. Absolutely. It's fantastic. Yeah, because you can also do stuff under underneath. And then you also have the front, the frunk, as they call it. Um, do you have the performance, the long range, or the standard? The long range. 
when it comes to getting an EV, like get as much range as you can afford. Oh yeah. I mean, even right now, like I only charge it to, I think 90%, which is about 260 miles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's good so far, but I, I live, well, my parents, they live about like 105 miles away from San Diego. So when I go and visit them, I have to make sure to like charge up or, I don't know. Yesterday I I was nervous that I wasn't going to make it home and we had to stop at a supercharger because I'm so, I'm so new to it. And I will say the one thing that's a bummer is that I felt like as I was driving the miles of the charge, it kept going down and it wasn't matching up to like the miles that I was actually driving. So it was draining way faster than, and and my dad said it's probably just because I was maybe driving too fast or I don't really know. Or maybe I was going uphill, so it would take, took more effort for the car. And so it's something I'm just going to have to adjust to. Yeah, it's definitely a different driving experience, something you got to get used to. Um, what I love, like when we go visit my in-laws, they live out in like the desert area, Palm Springs, Indio area. And if we take, mm-hmm. um, if we cut through Temecula and kind of take the mountain road, like the back way, mm-hmm. you drop down the mountain into the desert. And I always end up with like 50 or 60 more miles at the bottom of the mountain than I did at the top of the mountain, which with that, because it, you know, it self breaks and like puts power back into the battery. So it's, I always love when I'm going down the mountain, I like, I like to see what my battery percentage is and then what I'm at at the bottom. Cause it's always more, it's always more, which is great. It's it's fantastic. Okay, You get 60 extra miles for going down a mountain. (laughs) That's crazy. So I drive up when I go up to Chino or well, it's Chino Hills, um, which is, I go up the Mm -hmm. 15 and I pass through Temecula and I think I was going up and I, was nervous when I started going down. I just didn't really, see, I kept seeing my battery drain more, but maybe I would have made it home had I just not been too scared to risk it all. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, as you guys can tell listening or watching this episode, Liz loves tech and we could probably nerd out on tech all day long, but we're not. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you want to learn more about tech, you got to follow Liz. Liz, what are all the things on all of the things that people can follow you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. Um, it's at Liz loves tech and Liz is with two Z's because when I was in sixth grade, I just thought I was cool and wanted to add an extra Z to my name. There's <laughs> nothing actually special about it, but yeah. Uh, Instagram at Liz loves tech and YouTube. Just search my name, Liz DeMano. You can probably also search Liz loves tech. And I think my podcast is just Liz talks tech. Well, that's pretty much it. It'll all be linked down in the description, of course, if you want to check any of that out. Liz, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Jared. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Liz, I just had a great time talking with her. We probably nerd out all day about Teslas and tech. Um, So if you want to hear more about tech, you should go subscribe to our podcast and her channel and all all those good, uh, good things on Instagram. Go check her out. As always, I appreciate you guys listening or watching. I'll talk to you guys next week.